1: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. It just never ends. It's amazing how crimes, violent crimes, have ripple effects that go on and on and on for years. And this case is no different from the abduction and murder, still unresolved, of a beautiful American girl on spring break, Natalie Holloway, then comes Tosiana Flores, another murder, and now a third bloody death stemming out of the Natalie Holloway debacle. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. It all starts right here. Listen. John Ludwig, friend of Yorn Vandersloot. John, thank you for being with us. Joining us tonight exclusively out of D.C., you're a friend of Jorn Vandersloot's. Are you surprised that he's actually pled guilty to murder?
0: Well, he really didn't have a choice in this situation, uh, so I'm just hoping put, put for the up. best.
1: Well, what do you mean he didn't have a choice?
0: I mean, even I can't dispute the evidence. He obviously murdered her. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't provoked, and he, I believe he did have post-traumatic stress syndrome. But
1: What do you I mean ho- provoked? You think Stephanie Tashiana provoked Jorn Vandersloot into murdering her? What do you mean by that?
0: I do believe so. If she got the email uh, and figured out he was involved in Natalie's stuff, she should have just immediately left the room and not confronted him.
1: What? How did that provoke him? That she said, "Whoa, are you the one that uh, people believe killed Natalie?" How did that provoke him into
0: murder? uh, It enraged him, obviously. So uh, she she shouldn't have done that. I don't believe she shouldn't have
1: done that. Okay. John Ludwig, no offense, but do do you, you realize how crazy you sound right now that she basically deserved the murder because she said, whoa, you're the guy they suspect that murdered Natalie Holloway, that she shouldn't have said anything, that it's her fault she didn't leave the hotel room? Do you realize how crazy you sound?
0: Not saying she deserved it, but uh, she uh, she definitely could have prevented it by just leaving immediately. And he was suffering from post traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, I didn't so ask I didn't you know. about
1: the post traumatic stress syndrome. I'm asking you about Stephanie Flores. You just said she provoked him into murder. Have you seen the crime scene? Her blood was smeared from the bottom of the of the of the, of the the wall to the top of the ceiling. She's covered in bruises, half naked. He stole thousands of dollars from her and said his only problem was the money was covered in blood and you're telling me that she provoked him?
0: I I, I believe so, Nancy. Why? Well, if you're in a room Uh, uh, with someone... uh, uh, What? If you're in a room with someone you believe might have been involved in a murder, you don't stay there and talk to them about it. You immediately leave the area.
1: Well, don't you think that it's more his fault since he beat her to smithereens, strangled her, and left her in a pool of her own blood?
0: Yes, he shouldn't have reacted that way, but, uh...
1: React. You think a murder is a reaction?
0: Yeah, we're just hoping for the best. Hopefully he gets out in 10 years or less.
1: Why is that the best? Why shouldn't he get the death penalty?
0: Oh, (laughs) i absolutely not. Absolutely not.
1: These are two... there's two dead bodies two women are dead because of him.
0: Uh, even if Natalie is dead, you can't prove that he killed her. I so didn't say I would... it
1: whether it could be proved or not. I said it's true.
0: There's no pro- there's no way to say that it's true.
1: So, no here way. in the face, have you seen the photos, show them the photos, Liz, of the crime scene, drenched in blood. You're saying that you hope for the best, that he gets out and a third of his sentence. is that what you just said?
0: Yeah, I believe he made the crime scene look worse than it uh, initially was, like you said, to make it look like someone tried to rape her or something like that. So I believe afterwards, the money was just an afterthought. He didn't. Hey,
1: honey, let me it. tell you something. Her having her pants pulled off is the least of Stephanie's problems. I doubt that's what she would be worried about. She was brutally murdered. As a matter of fact, to Dr. Bill Lloyd, board-certified physician and pathologist, you have reviewed Stephanie Tosciana's medical examiner's report. The murder was heinous.
2: Nancy, she was a victim of severe violent trauma. In addition to the bruises and the scratches and the cuts, she also sustained a fracture to one of her cervical vertebrae. In a young, healthy woman, it's one of the densest bones in the body. Simple strangulation won't break a cervical vertebrae.
1: So to you, John Ludwig, friend of Jorn Vandersloot, he used powerful, almost superhuman force to murder a defenseless woman. And you're saying you hope for the best?
0: It, it was a crime of passion and heat of the moment type struggle, and you, stuff happens. So.
1: What do you mean stuff else? happens? He robbed her and took her money and then killed her so she wouldn't be able to testify to it. That is what he told his lawyer. What's he at the moment?
0: I, I believe it just all happened when she confronted him about being involved. It just it spiraled out of control.
1: With me right now is a friend of Jorn Vandersloot. You keep saying over and over that Stephanie Tosiana, quote, created a killer. How can a woman, a defenseless woman, create a killer out of a hulking Dutchman like Jorn Vandersloot? Why does she create the killer? That's what I want to hear from you, Ludwig.
0: Well, she, she put herself in the situation, Nancy. As soon as she found out who he was, she, she should have left. She shouldn't have started an argument and fighting with him and be in an isolated area where you don't know how to Why did she act. start
1: an argument? All she did was say, even by his own words, hey, you're the guy suspected with Natalie Holloway? How's that starting a fight, Ludwig?
0: If I was a woman and I was in her situation, I surely wouldn't have stood around to ask him that question. I would have got out of there.
1: Okay, so John Ludwig uh... and i speaking now not as a lawyer but as a victim of violent crime myself you're saying that the murder victim who endured a brutal beating a superhuman strangulation where her neck bone was actually crushed the room covered in blood her clothes ripped off of her post-mortem and left that way to be found it's her fault sir you know what cut his mic John Ludwig, I reserve this for very, very few few people, but you, sir, are a fool. And what you have said sets victims' rights back maybe a couple of hundred years. Take him off the screen. I don't want to look at him anymore. You were listening to me on CNN's HLN interviewing a young man, very close associate with Jorn Vandersloot, who is now dead. But listen to the 911 call. What does it reveal? I thought I was going to die. Listen, he had a knife to my neck. He told me he was going to kill me. But if he key, I got the knife from him and I stabbed him. He's crazy. He's been stalking me for three months. That was the 911 call on Ludwig, Jorn Vandersloot's good buddy with me, Cheryl McCollum, Karen Stark, Ashley Wilcott, John Limley, and Art Harris. Art Harris. What happened?
3: Nancy, this was uh, a a shocking moment in this whole saga when the best friend, close friend of Jorn Vandersloot, who has been allegedly stalking his ex-girlfriend, confronts her in the driveway of her house and they get into a struggle. He pulls out a knife uh, trying to kidnap her, she later tells police, and she wrestles for her life, grabs the knife and stabs him. He is then later found bleeding to death, taken to a hospital, and dies. It's almost as if Natalie is coming back from the grave to, to send a message. This is Joran's best friend, and now he has tried to harm another woman. And he is dead.
1: You know, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute.
3: You know what? I really
1: didn't fully introduce all my guests. Art Harris is with us. I believe it's a five-time Emmy Award winning investigative journalist and reporter. Cheryl McCollum with us, director of the Cold Case Research Institute. Cheryl, you know, we've said it a million times. Birds of a feather flock together, lay down with the dog, wake up with the flea. There you go, with Jorn Vandersloot and Ludwig, best buddies. I mean, are you surprised? Not at all.
4: Not at all. You know, Nancy, early in my career, John Cross gave me some great advice. And he said, your victim today will be your suspect tomorrow. Your suspect today will be your victim tomorrow. Here you go. You cannot run in that lifestyle without thinking it's going to come back to you.
0: Listen.
1: Tell me, how do you know Jorn Vandersloot?
0: Um, I met him in Aruba a few months back when he came back for, uh, for his father's memorial towards the end of February. Yes. Yes.
1: How uh, much time did you did you spend a fair bit of time with him?
0: Yeah, uh, just about every day for about three and a half months I was with him. So.
1: Did you know that he was the suspect in the death of... American Girl Natalie Holloway.
0: Yes, that's how I recognized him when we first met, and we started hanging out.
1: May I ask what attracted you to a potential murderer?
0: Uh, well, he was never proven guilty, so I wouldn't call him that. Maybe a suspect, but I mean, okay, he I'll like use a...
1: your phrasing. <laughs> may I ask you what attracted you to a murder suspect?
0: I mean, he seemed like he'd be a cool guy, and he ended up being. Uh, what the media makes him out to be is far from the truth. He's a he's a good friend. Elizabeth,
1: and please put Mr. Ludwig up. Okay, what were you saying, dear?
0: I said what the media s- portrays him as is far from the truth. He's a good good person and a good friend, and he's not the serial killer, sociopath, psychopath. You guys. The media makes them out to be.
1: Okay. But, you know, Karen Stark with me, a uh, renowned New York psychologist joining us. Karen Stark, I, I, I've just got to say, when I worked the streets to, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a hooker way, when I beat the street to, to find, yeah, good to, good to know that, Yeah. trying to find witnesses, I mean, I, I would be out, and I still, you've heard this story a million times, out there. I I could not afford a winter coat. I had the worst coat. I don't know where that thing came from, but I would be out there and uh, trying to find witnesses, trying to deliver subpoenas, tromping around all through the worst areas of town. And I would meet people that would end up being witnesses. But you know what else, Karen? I, I considered them friends. I remember that I drove around town, I don't know how long, for weeks and weeks and weeks with a convicted rapist in my car because he was a witness helping me find somebody. During that time, I found out more about his rape conviction that he got when he was 17 and his victim was his 14-year-old girlfriend. They were dating and he got charged and convicted of rape. Now he's like in his 30s and had never had another conviction or problem since then. And I looked it up. And that is what happened, Karen. And you know, you just don't know when you when Cheryl says "You're suspect, you're victim, you don't know who these people are, so I, I don't lump suspects in a big pot like everybody thinks I do, because people that had been convicted very often turned out to be some of the finest people I knew, the best witnesses I knew that that's that's the truth. But it also has a grain of truth in it, what Cheryl McCollum just said. We thought this guy was going to lead us to the truth about Natalie. You know, I fell for it. I thought it could be true. It was all lies. And now he tried to stab somebody, Karen.
5: And if you take a look at what Cheryl said, where the people hang out together, this makes perfect sense. Sooner or later, something was going to happen. They were. He was best friends with your own. He lied. She didn't make a lot of sense. The girlfriend was uh, not mentally stable as far as I could tell.
1: Well, I mean, why would you date it? But wait a minute. Uh, I want to follow up on what Karen Stark just said. Ashley Wilcott with me, juvenile judge and founder of a brand new website, Tell me about your website, Ashley. Sure, childcrimewatch.com. Childcrimewatch.com. Ashley, uh, Karen was just talking about hanging out with and the girl must have had mental instability. A lot of women date guys or marry guys that are bad news, as my mom would say, and they're the only ones that can't see it. Yeah, absolutely. I got to say, often women make
6: bad choices and dumb choices when it comes to affairs of the heart, over and over.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, Alan Duke, uh, you have found a very interesting interview Of the victim in this case. For those of you just joining us, this guy, John Christopher Ludwig, made headlines when he said he helped Jorn Vandersloot dispose of Natalie Holloway's body. This guy, 32 years old, of Port Charlotte, Florida, was stabbed dead in the last days as he tried to kidnap a woman from her vehicle, say police. Now he had been roommates with her at one point. They had a romantic relationship. She didn't want that anymore, but he would have nothing to do with it and basically ambushed her as she was getting out of her car, going into her home. And that's a nightmare. You know, I try to tell the children in parking garages and parking lots, be careful. So Tell me about what she had to say, Alan Duke, when she was asked, why are you dating a guy that's tied up with Jorn Vandersloot? Basically, she said she just didn't have anybody else to hang out with, and she was going to stay with him, even though he is a dangerous man, a bizarre exchange. This video was made last May by Gabriel Madrigal, who we've had on this show a couple of times. He was the uh, gentleman who... Oh, yeah. <laughs> what remember. a guy. He was the gentleman who helped TJ Ward the...
7: Detective and Dave Holloway uh, go and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold source. on just
1: a moment. I had that response because I was thinking of another player in the Natalie Holloway scenario. Yes, I remember Gabriel. I remember him very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't he have a, a daughter that was really ill at the yes, time? Yes, yes. Yeah. God bless him and the daughter. Yes, yes, I remember him. Okay, Alan, t- take a listen to what Alan Deeks telling us about. and Buckle your seatbelt, people.
7: I'm here with Emily Hastings. <laughs> Emily, now... Why are you are you around John?
0: Because
7: that's when. Why is he in? <laughs> I don't know because we hang
0: out and together, and I don't have any other friends.
7: Um, but do you, do you know what he's been involved in?
0: Kind of.
7: Yeah, you know that he helped.
6: Well, until he gets in trouble, it's not real. So, that's
7: not real so you don't even believe it.
6: Dude, he tells me a different story every time. I don't know what to believe. I feel like if it really happened, he'd be in trouble.
7: But like, it did happen. But how do you know? Because I found the body. He took me right where it was. Well, do you know for sure? Uh, duh. Well, when he gets charged, then I'll be
6: like, my dog killed somebody. <laughs> my dog.
7: And you think it's funny?
6: Well, I don't think so. Like, what about if, if he kills he you? Thank you, Jesus. That's what I'm waiting for. Like.
7: You know how dumb You know how dumb you sound?
0: Well I'm stressed out.
7: You know how really how dumb I mean I just just I cannot comprehend (laughs) a girl like you will even try to hang around with John. Why
6: do you hang out with John?
7: Because Um, it's my job.
6: True. (laughs) It's my job. I would have never met John if I didn't meet you.
7: I see. But I warned you not to not to mess with John. Yeah,
6: you didn't tell me why though.
7: I couldn't. So it is. You can walk away. What about a, What about if he kills you? Good. Uh, <laughs> please. You, you know, know how stupid he you sound. Have the you know how. Somebody. Little you, old John. You know. Little how, old John. You know how stupid you sound.
6: I think John's a good person. He just
7: did some stupid. You're shit. shot. I didn't. What about if you die in two weeks?
6: I'm probably going to. <laughs>
7: I oh don't my not
6: i won't and if i die it's not gonna be because of
0: john i know that he's he didn't kill
7: someone well he tried to hang himself he's too f- stupid to hang himself exactly we don't
0: got shit to worry about
7: so i <laughs> have no, nothing to worry
0: about
7: so lauren is out of the picture your boyfriend's out of the, the picture. picture so now you and john he's are not
0: out of
7: the picture he just went to
0: jail for a minute oh so i don't even <laughs> i don't even get it in with john i
7: Right you know you're, you're a path, path of the liar. i a liar. liar. Yeah, I lie all the time. I know this, but I'm not lying right
0: now. You can ask him. He's mad about it. I don't want
7: to get it in. So here's my interview. What would you like to tell the people? That John what's John. What's so special uh, about John's John?
0: A f- idiot. That's why he did what he did. He has no brain left. He shot out drugs. F- up.
3: My dog John just needed a little extra
7: cash on the side, so he did some So. Why do you hang with him then?
0: Yo, I don't know. I don't have anyone else to hang out with right now.
7: <laughs> You're so shot. I'm sorry.
0: Huh? My
7: finger. You could do a lot better than John. Come on. Like, give me a break. I'm looking. I'm, let me look.
0: Sugardaddies.com. I need to put my name out there.
7: <laughs> You're so shot. Anyways, you cannot help. You cannot help a person like this girl right here. You just can't
1: help. Okay. That is uh, crazy. With me, John Limley, Crime Stories contributing reporter. So she knew full well who she was dating, right, John?
2: Oh, full well, uh, without a doubt. Uh, We've made mention of this documentary that John Ludwig was featured in, uh, The Disappearance of Natalie Holloway, a miniseries which uh, followed Natalie's father, Dave Holloway and his private investigator as they followed up new clues about what might have happened to the teenager. And in this uh, series, Ludwig was shown explaining that he had crushed up Natalie's unearthed bones so that they weren't recognizable as human, burning the skull to get rid of hair fibers. Uh, He was also filmed saying that after dog remains were added to the mix, he went to the crematorium and claimed that his pet had died. Ludwig was shown on the documentary saying that he and Vandersloot had borrowed a fisherman's boat and scattered the ashes at sea.
1: You know, uh, Art Harris, I know that the bone scenario turned out to be a big lie. But Art... And I'm going to go to Cheryl after this. In every lie, I've been told there is a grain, a tiny grain of truth. I still wonder if he did not have something to do with helping Norm Vandersloot get rid of Natalie's body, but lied about exactly how they did it. I mean, his details were so... Uh, intricate. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe he made the whole thing up.
3: Well, Nancy, yeah, and he—he he, was—he did not sound as if he were that creative. And yet, he was talking about Joran paying him fifteen hundred dollars to find the remains and rebury them after, uh, after crushing the skull and trying to make them unrecognizable. So, uh, like a lot of sociopath psychopaths, they—they they do change the story and they think they're smarter than everybody else by changing a few pieces, they don't realize what they said before or didn't say could come back to haunt them. And in this case, um, I think it did. And the the guy wound up involved uh, perpetrating violence against an ex-girlfriend, amazingly similar to a gene that maybe that your aunt has. So uh, he is seen also in, in your interview uh, a few years ago defending Yoran and making excuses for Van der Sloot attacking the last woman he killed, saying that, well, she provoked him by even bringing up the fact that he had likely killed Natalie Holloway. So aren't you that guy? And that is what prompted him to kill her. Uh, and you interview this Ludwig guy who's defending your end as reacting to that and says well she shouldn't have brought it up it was really her fault you remember that
1: oh yeah that was the clip we just played earlier I remember it very well Art Harris Cheryl McCollum I want to talk to you about I'm not disagreeing with you about your suspect will be your victim your victim will be your suspect that whole thing Cheryl McCollum I'm not discounting your theory at all as a matter of fact you know I remember and you remember this case too the the case of Julie Love The kindergarten teacher that was out jogging and um, Emmanuel Hammonds and his crew saw her and followed her. She tried, poor little thing, tried to pretend she was going into somebody else's house. It was in mid-morning. And uh, they, they had the sense that wasn't really her house. And they waited for her to come back out. Then they got her. They assaulted her horribly, beat her and killed her. And she had, which you couldn't tell by looking at her, but she had a glass eye. And that glass eye was found a long time later, and that's what led to the prosecution. Okay, that's part of my story. The rest of my story is I later prosecuted a triple homicide. Turned out the gunman was that guy's first cousin. What I'm saying is, you're right. Uh, Criminals often run in packs. And I I don't understand that behavior, the wilding, the peer pressure. But I'm just giving you one anecdote of many, many that I recall over the years of prosecuting where this one's... Here's another one, Cheryl. Get this. I'll never forget it, Cheryl. Uh, Art Harris, you probably remember this, you Atlanta people. Um, I prosecuted a guy for huge drug trafficking. He was rich, 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 street named Charlie Tuna, okay? And I was convinced that the judge was going to rule with the defense and my evidence would be thrown out. It was Judge Langham, who I loved. Well, as a matter of fact, he ruled with me and the the evidence came in. The guy was convicted. All right, my first big drug trafficking conviction. Fast forward about uh, 10, 12, maybe longer. It was longer, many years later. O.J. Simpson beats the rap, then he gets busted in Vegas for armed robbery. And who was with him? Charles Ehrlich, E-H-R-L-I-C-H. And it just hit me right then, that's Charlie Tuna. Who else would have that name? Sure enough, he does 10 on trafficking, gets out of jail, and hooks up somehow with Simpson and is part of that robbing crew. I mean, it's like they are drawn to each other, like the, the, the magnet at the North Pole. They, they can't stay away from evil doing, Cheryl. Well, here's the thing about John Lowe. Let's just talk about how full of crap he is.
4: Nancy, you know <laughs> as well as I do. Men are A to B.
1: Uh, that's a technical legal term. Go ahead. It is.
4: But men are A to B people. If you send them to the store for milk, they're coming home with milk. You ask a lady to stop to get milk at the store, she's going to say, well, while I'm here, I'm going to go ahead and get stuff for breakfast, and we need paper towels, and et cetera. Men, A to B. So when you look at John, and he tells you, oh, yeah, um, I dug up the remains, and then I crushed the bones, and then I took her into a, a cave where I burned her with some gasoline, so I had to schlep her to the cave and then bring the gasoline with us. Oh, and then I took her to a crematorium oh and then we went and scattered her in the ocean you are such a freaking liar it is not even funny so now you want me to believe you did all those things and then you're such a criminal mastermind you went and got some dog bones and put that where her remains were to throw us off the track in case we find that you know clandestine grave you're a jackass none of that happened it is Fantasy.
1: It is false Then why did he why did he do it, Ashley Woolcott? I mean, you're the juvenile judge. You've tried a ton of cases. You've been in the trenches just like the rest of us. Why would he deliver this fantastical tale and then meet his own bloody end? Ashley, I mean, do they never learn for Pete's sake? I'm- criminals aren't
6: smart so two things number one i think he wanted to be famous or infamous right so he's going to come out and tell this elaborate story number two it is his fantasy so here's my thing what if he had not been stabbed In self-defense, which she says it was, would he have kidnapped her, killed her, and done all of these things he's come up with in his mind and crushed the bones and burned her skull? Maybe. It's his fantasy. You know,
1: what do you make of this, Ashley, our theory that criminals just are naturally, it's like inherent. They can't help it. They're genetically drawn to each other.
6: Well, I think it's peer groups, right? Think about the people you hang out with. Guess what they're not? Criminals. Because you're drawn to people that are like you, that you have common interests. So it's... As deranged as it is, as stupid as it is, people who have criminal minds and want to do bad things to people, guess what? They're going to hang out with like-minded people who also want to do those things.
1: I will never forget, Art Harris, I, I, I want you to weigh on in this. I remember going to uh, get together It's when I was a prosecutor, and one of my very dear friends, female friends, it was at a, a dinner Casual. I think uh, they were making um, New Orleans food, uh, Cajun food. Well, I saw one person pull out a joint. Honey, I got myself together and I left. Can you even imagine? So, of course, not that it would happen, but a bust. And there I'm sitting in there with with a a big pot of... You're, what? Uh, let's see a big pot of some little a two and little red beans and rice and a big you, joint right behind me. Oh yeah, uh yeah, uh uh-uh, sure. uh uh. No, and you all may laugh about it, but that's the last thing my children are going to read about on the internet. As mommy's all being in trouble. I mean, when I get a ticket, I pay the darn thing. I say, thank you, and drive off at 15 miles an hour. Bam, Uh -uh. uh-uh, N-O. And what she's saying is right. You flock to what, what you're comfortable with. And that's why when people get out of jail, they run straight back to their old crew. It's just like it's. you can predict
3: it. There's a picture of this guy, Ludwig, and, and Joran Vandersloot on his Facebook page, Nancy. This was his, his idol. Oh, his, he looked up to him. I mean, it's it's really sickening to think about, uh, you know, these two these two birds of a feather, as you put it. Uh, and uh, now one's uh, in prison. The other is dead, ironically, by, uh, you know, provoking uh, the woman he may have been acting out a Joran fantasy on. I mean, this is... If, if if he looks up to someone who has killed two women and he has a girlfriend uh, and has this opportunity, the judge is, is probably just right. This could have been her death and not his had the knife gone the other way.
1: Guys, I want you to hear this other sound that Alan managed to get for us. It's me interviewing John Ludwig, the dead guy defending Jorn Vandersloot, calling him a good guy. Listen to me on CNN's HLN. With us is a special guest, John Ludwig. He is a friend of Jorn Vandersloot. He's joining us from Washington, D.C. tonight. Mr. Ludwig, are, are you from the States?
0: Yes, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia.
1: And do your parents know of your friendship with Jorn Vandersloot? Yes, they do. And what do they think of it?
0: Um... I mean, they have mixed opinions, but I mean, he's my friend and it's my choice.
1: Right. When you say mixed opinions, what do you mean by that?
0: Uh, Because of the past alleged incident, I mean.
1: Please put Mr. Ludwig up. Mr. Ludwig, he's confessed to breaking somebody's neck, a girl's neck, and then taking her clothes off after she's dead. And then it says, I use the comforter and the sheets to clean up all the blood from the floor. I only clean the floor. You left the rest of the room just bloody. Uh, you know, another can of worms. Here is a an email exchange between you and Jorn Vandersloot where he says, happy birthday. I hope you had a good day. This is May 29. And remember how important family and friends are. By the way, can you send me some money through Western Union tomorrow? Remember that? Yes, I do. Did you send him money?
0: No, I didn't. Uh he had told me, that was the evening of May 29th, and I guess the alleged event happened later, a few hours later, into the 30th, but he told me he needed money to get back to Aruba, so, I mean, before I had a chance to help him out, I couldn't get a hold of him, and then the news said what it said.
1: So, it's not just the news said what it said. The news <laughs> is not like a being walking around this studio that just spouts things off. The news is what he did and said. Okay, it's just, it's just not didn't fall from the sky and hit you on the head. This is what Jorn Vandersloot said. But sir, obviously you're gonna to choose to believe what you want to believe. What, if anything, did he tell you about Natalie Holloway?
0: Um, we only had one main discussion on it. And it was an evening that we watched the, the, the Natalie Holloway movie on TV. And he just told me parts of the movie that were true and parts that weren't true. And that's about at length as I want to get into it.
1: Did you ask him more things?
0: No, I didn't bring it up. He talked to me about it, but I'm not, I don't want to get into any more of that.
1: You mean you don't want to tell me more about it, right? Or you didn't want to get into more of it with him?
0: No, I, I don't want to bring that up at this time.
1: Well, I would advise you to get ready for a subpoena to find out in a court of law what he had to say about Natalie Holloway's death. With me is John Ludwig, friend of Jorn Vandersloot. Hey, Mr. Ludwig, what kind of things would you do together?
0: Mainly, we went to the casino, and he liked to play poker. I'd I'd just watch her play slots, but he, he really, I'd say he had a gambling addiction, but he'd play poker almost every night.
1: Did he ever mention where he got the money? Did he ever mention he was in the middle of a shakedown on the dead girl's mother for a quarter million dollars to name where the dead girl's body is? Um...
0: I know he had money, but he ran a coffee shop in Thailand, so he had some money saved for that. But after a while, his money started running low, and that's when I guess the contact happened with that.
1: What contact?
0: That's when I guess he tried to contact uh, John Kelly or Beth Holloway, and that stuff happened when he out, started running out of money.
1: Mr. Loder, why do you say he tried to contact them? What he tried to do? was extort a quarter million dollars in exchange for the location of natalie's body and it would seem to me that you would be concerned that he knew where a dead body was i mean if you knew where a dead body was mr ludwig wouldn't you tell police
0: Um, i mean not if it compromised me maybe not
1: well okay obviously you know i learned i think in kindergarten two plus two equals four But if VanderSloot won't tell where the body is because it compromises him, that means he's involved in the murder. Did that not bother you during all the months you were out at casinos with him?
0: I mean, I I was never in fear for my safety.
1: To John Limley, Crime Stories investigative reporter, I, I just want to touch on how this guy, Ludwig, died what he he goes what is this his ex-girlfriend and he wants to get back together what do we know about how he actually died the facts of this
2: from what she told police this woman was done with what relationship they had she wanted out um john ludwig showed up at her house uh tried to uh get her car keys uh and so he had a knife and somehow she was able to gain control of the knife before he could attack her, and uh, she very quickly stabbed him and brought to a close this bizarre episode in the in the driveway of her house. Wow. You
1: know what? I mean, when I think about it, Cheryl McCollum, what, did, did, could we not predict this would be his bitter end? Oh, like we had a
4: crystal ball, honey. I mean... You cannot run with criminals, especially killers, and not think you're going to receive the same type of
1: karma. So bottom line, was there just one stab, Art Harris, or did she let loose on him?
3: No, you're right. The the police report uh, talks about her stabbing him multiple times, quote, in the torso area. Uh, They find the sheaf of the knife in his backpack that he ran away with. And uh, police believe she she nicked an artery, a lucky, lucky uh, stab for her. But amazing, this woman fighting for her life uh, stabs this guy multiple times with his own knife. Uh, and police say uh, it's self-defense, and they do not anticipate any charges being pressed uh, against her. So
1: in the end of this, Art Harris, what has become of all the players in the Natalie Holloway scenario?
3: Well, certainly you have the, 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 the star... Uh, evil gene in prison in Peru. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, last seen taking a candy bar from Beth Holloway, promising he'll write her and tell her possibly where, Nat- where Natalie's body is never does. Um, you have, uh, uh, the mother and you have the father who has been on oxygen, uh, network trying to, uh, you know, follow the trail of clues that this dead man claims that he, uh, had access to with all these bones, um, so, you know, it is a sad a sad landscape of tragedy, Nancy, um, as, as crimes often are. But this one has gone on and on and the ghost seems to be coming back, um uh, in this case, uh, certainly in this killing. You
1: know, when I think about it, uh Cheryl McCollum, you've got the mom devastated. I'm talking about uh Beth Twitty. Mm hmm devastated because her she lost her daughter she got her hopes up when the oxygen series started thinking maybe you know this might be natalie's remains and she was you know devastated again you've got the dad who went through all this drama has gone all over the world trying to find clues about natalie could she still be alive You've got Jorn Vandersloot, who, as I predicted, and I normally don't pat myself on the back for predicting another murder, did go on to kill again. He's in jail. He's managed to have a baby and get married and drink and do drugs and live the high life behind bars. But, yes, he's married with a baby behind bars in another country. This guy is dead. And I think that, Cheryl, as it all unfolds, Over the next years, we'll see more of the end of the story, much like we did with the players in the O.J. Simpson case. You see Mm -hmm. how their lives unfold.
4: I think Beth is probably the person that my heart breaks for often in this case because she's been lied to. She's been boom-swoggled. She's been set up over and over again to basically have her heart ripped from her chest over and over. Um, And, you know, I mean, I've talked to Beth personally multiple times. My original thought of what happened to Natalie has never changed, no matter who has come forward. Johan Vandersloot in Peru with Stephanie Flores panicked and ran. He didn't hide that body. He didn't take that body. He didn't dispose of that body. He panicked and ran. With Natalie, he did the same thing. He was feet from the Atlantic Ocean. That's where he put her. Sad, pitiful,
1: but true. I mean, Karen Stark, you know how I am with the twins. It hurts me to even let them out of my sight. I don't want to be some freaky mom. Uh, Ashley and I have joked about it, Ashley Wilcott, that there's a helicopter mom. I call myself a straitjacket mom. But I try not to let them know how freaked out I am. I try to watch and worry at a distance. But stories like this, I mean... I was just trying to explain to Lucy this past weekend why I was going back to college when she went to college and that I would live very, very um, quietly and unobtrusively right across the street from campus with a pair of binoculars. I mean, help me, Karen. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, Nancy, we can't protect our children from harm. Although that's every mother's, you know, wish in this case, her daughter was on a vacation, and and it was just supposed to be a fun trip with friends from school, and this tragedy happened. I think that the man who was just killed identified with his friend. Well, I remember those interviews, and when he kept defending him and saying, well, if that, you know, she never should have asked him about, natalie why would she bring that up and i i could tell even then that he was talking about himself that if somebody did that with him he would think it would be fine to murder them and so here we are and he turns out to be a killer and he gets killed himself so it's a tragic story and it's not over yet no, and it's this not. Poor mother that's, doesn't get resolution.
1: She's right, Ashley Wilcott. It, it's not over yet. There's going to be more, and I swear, I believe, and I know this sounds crazy, that one day we will know the truth about Natalie. But I do agree with Cheryl. I, I've always thought that's what happened to Natalie. Yeah,
6: I agree with you, Nancy. And I too, I believe what goes around comes around, and that someday in the future, we will know exactly what happened to her. It takes time, but often, years and years later, like you said, glass eyeball,
1: you find out what happened. Oh, and you know, that's a good, and Nancy, go ahead, John.
2: Nancy, it's interesting to note we've talked about uh, how we don't quite believe John Ludwig's story. Well, the credibility of what he said in that Oxygen documentary was cast into doubt by a lawsuit filed by Natalie's mother, Beth. In her lawsuit, uh, Ms. Holloway accused Oxygen and the production company, Graydon, Graydon Media, of pretending to report on the progress of an investigation as it was happening, when in fact everything had been prescripted, making the series Really, uh, a pre-planned farce, in their words, uh, whose broadcast was outrageous. In her lawsuit, Beth uh, Beth claimed that at a point when the series portrayed Ludwig as being covertly recorded, he had already signed a non-disclosure agreement and was a paid participant in the series and aware at all times that he was being taped for publication. Uh, Meanwhile, the claims of the lawsuit have been denied and Oxygen is standing behind that documentary bottom
1: line to you art harris how's it all going to play out in the end do you think we'll ever get a resolution and are you surprised about this guy's his his death
3: not at all he this this guy like Joran, kept changing his story about the evidence for money and he would be paid he would get you know something and he told people what they wanted to hear as Joran has said on tape that's what he did now how will it end um I, mean, I just have to believe that at some point someone either offer make McGjorn make offer he can 't refuse, but the problem here is there are too many people, Nancy in Aruba who don 't want the truth to come out, and so uh, this is something that Yoran probably fears they fear, and uh, you know the police don 't seem that interested and have dismissed him as a liar, and that gives them an excuse not to pursue it because. There's no credibility here uh, to the information, so uh, it is it is really sad, tragic, but you know, at some point, if there is anything physical, um, maybe uh, it can be proved. However, I believe, like Cheryl does, that the ashes were scattered. Uh, John Ludwig actually has said that he went out in a boat with with Yoran. Uh Whether that's true or not, that's the same story Vandersloot has told before. So maybe the two together are saying uh, something that uh, that we should listen to, that the evidence um, are, is sleeping with fish, sadly.
1: As it turns out, Ludwig, the guy involved in the Natalie Holloway disappearance and death, is now a footnote to the Natalie Holloway story. His life ends in a sticky, bloody death of his own when he tries to kidnap an ex-girlfriend that wants nothing else to do with him. Nancy Grace Crime Stories signing off. Goodbye, friend.
5: Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke free, hands free, and hassle free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouchin is you. Visit zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are,